time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of The Right Conversations. And today we are having a conversation about shame and addiction with Rev Rucifer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful and excited to be here and talk about who this topic that can be really, really heavy and how we can bring a little bit of lev levity and light to it. So I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. Before we dive into these two uh, large topics that we're going <laughs> to talk about today, um, you want to tell everybody who you are, what you do, what lights you up? Yes, I'm Rev Rucifer. It's one of the names that I go by. I am an erotic energy worker and BDSM practitioner, and I help people remove shame and come into a more conscious connection with their pleasure, with their sexuality, with life so they can live their most fully expressed, most beautiful, abundant life possible. Oh. And that's what really lights me up. It really like I shied away from this path for a long time and tried to fill it with other things that would fit society a little better. And at the end of the day, this is my path and my calling. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta honor it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's go there. What take, take us back wherever you want to start. How, what did ah, so many questions? I can't even get them out of my mouth. <laughs> when did you realize that this was your path and what were you doing to kind of try to fit more of this societal norm that we have, which is such fucking bullshit? Yes. Okay. So I was thinking back on this question and honestly, I think I've known forever. I was the girl at the sleepovers that was like teaching all the other little kids, like how to connect, how to suck your first dick. Like I was doing that at, 13, yeah. 14, 15 years old. I took human sexuality pass fail in college just because I was interested in the topic and curious and didn't want to have any judgments or needs to have a grade in it. Like I have truly always been on this path. And for me, it was like, I did have shame around it. Like, oh no, you can't do that. That's not what you're supposed to do. And so I went down the advertising, marketing, business strategist route for a very long time and until I couldn't fight it anymore. And life literally threw me into a sex club and it was like, you need to grow here and see what happens. And I started working at a sex club, I think over four years ago now. And that kind of opened the aperture for a whole new possibility of life. Wow. Okay. So let's, where do you want to start with shame and addiction and how these things have impacted your life? I don't know. Where, where feels good? Where do we want to start? Like, right. I mean, I will start with my name. Like, yeah, my name, perfect. like, 
Yeah, Rev Rucifer was born because of shame and addiction. <laughs> like, I'm that is no joke because I was raised in a home that had two alcoholic parents. And luckily, praise God, praise the heavens, praise the light, whatever. They got sober when I was four and are in recovery now. But what that did was it created an environment where I didn't learn healthy emotions and things like that, or how to really express my desires and have them be valued and have freedom to explore. So when I got to this phase of my life, and was feeling like I needed more, like my life wanted more, like I wanted more, that that was when I started to create a new persona, a new mm -hmm. identity. Rev. Rucifer had the freedom to explore, to fully show up, to be the most sensual, erotic, connected version of myself that Amanda could not be. Because so it was Amanda a very conscious the, choice. Yeah, because Amanda had the judge, could feel the judgment. As I was starting into this life, I could feel judgment from past people I used to work with, old friends, people from middle school, people from my hometown. And whether it was true or not, shame is about how I feel. And it's an internal. So it was, that was, it was all my work that I had to get through that shame and get through that shit. And the only way that I could really do it was by creating an entirely new world for me to exist within, to really see who, is, who am I without that judgment? Who am I without all this conditioning? And how can I make space for me to really explore who I might be when you take that, those constraints away? What do you think happened between the 13-year-old teaching her friends about blowjobs and the, the shame that you were holding, preventing yourself from being the full you? How did that happen? Mm, I think it was like a million little paper cuts. Because mm. it was... Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to honor the, that... That little girl that wanted to be as free and expressive as she wanted to be in my pansexuality and my non-monogamy and a desire to live a very non-traditional and alt lifestyle to what society teaches us. So it was society. It was my mom when I was 14 years old flippantly asking me, are you a lesbian? And me being like, oh no, absolutely not. No, mm -hmm. I'm not that. I don't want that. Whatever that is, I don't want that. So and it just through society, through family, through friends, it just over time puts you in this box, tries to put you in this box of this is what you're supposed to be as a woman in this world. And I was always a holy rebel against that because it that is not our greatest expression. That is not what we're meant here to do is to live in this little box. That is not my purpose. I don't think that's anybody's purpose. Yeah. And so much of what this life is about is really breaking through that, breaking through all that societal conditioning and through that shame and saying, like, what does my life want to look like? How do I want to live my life? How, what are my values that I hold true? And how does that show up in my actions, in my behavior, in my relationships? in all the ways that I, I get to make my life. So. Thank you. For that. 
<laughs> I felt that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could talk to that 13-year-old now from everything that you've learned, and we'll talk a bit more about what those things are, what would you say to her? I would say to her, like, what she needs, what she needed was, um, you can be whatever you want to be. <laughs> you, can, you can be whatever you want to be. You can explore. You can try stuff out. You can try stuff on. You can... You can try, you can explore and have that not be the end all and the be all. Cause so much of it was like, you need to do this because of whatever you need to do that. You know, like just giving her permission to really explore and play and have the freedom that who knows, who knows? I mean, I'm never going to like regret my path because it brought me to here and I need all those lessons to be able to show up for the clients and the work that I do today. So I don't regret any of it, but it is definitely not an easy path. Not an easy yeah. way. And we're all, all on it. So right. We're all on the same kind of working through all that shit and yeah. seeing like, well, who am I really without all that other stuff that people want to put on me? So why do you think our culture is so full of shame? I think our culture is probably full of shame because people have a lot of shame. And so when you have shame, you shame other people and you put that out. Like what you have, you share. So if you have love, you share love. If you have shame, you share shame. So for people that have shame around their own lifestyle, their own, like, like, say you're you make it to 60 years old and you're in a committed monogamous relationship and you're like wait i might have been bisexual and i never had a chance to explore that so that shame is then shared on everyone else because they have their sh own shame and their own shit around how they wish they could show up so we yeah. all could just stop judging <laughs> other people <laughs> We could all like we could let some of that unhealthy shame go and let us just be free. Let us just be ourselves and love each other as we are without the needing to put that judgment on everybody else. So I think that it's because yeah. a lot of people have that own internalized judgment that they share. I think that's so important to to name and say, because I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening who aren't aware that that's part of what's going on, right? Like sometimes even, even if we're not spewing it out, the internal thoughts that we'll have, like the judgments that we'll have about other people, is that shame just speaking up? And it, it's, it's really easy to ignore when you're not conscious that it's there. It's really, and shame loves to hide. Shame loves to hide behind fear, behind jealousy, behind judgment, behind a lot of different emotions. Shame is tricky. It's so tricky. So unless we have a consciousness around it, like you mentioned, like we're never going to actually shift. And it starts, I think all, all transformation, all shifts happen first from inside when you can release that own personal judgment that you're having around your own desires, how you live your life, who you are, all of that. So absolutely. 
If you experience recurrent BV or yeast infections or struggle with vaginal symptoms like odor, discharge, pain with sex, or more, you are not alone, and you should totally test your vaginal microbiome with Evie. Evie has developed the world's first at-home vaginal microbiome test and screens for more than 700 bacteria and fungi with a single swab, including those related to symptoms and infections. Evie also offers free one-on-one -on -one vaginal health coaching and innovative prescription treatment programs developed just for you by a provider. You can order your vaginal health test today at evy.com, that's E-V-V-Y.com, and use code RACHEL10 for $10 off your first test. What is the link that you see or have experienced between shame and addiction? So shame puts us into a place where we are isolated, where we feel disconnected because we don't feel worthy because we don't feel like we deserve to be connected or loved in the way that we really do because of that own internalized judgment or that judgment that we've taken from outside and brought inside. So when we are disconnected and feel that we are unworthy of love and connection and healing, that is pain. And when there is pain that is tough and difficult and we don't want to feel it, we will numb it and we will find ways to numb it. And we will numb it with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism and working and shopping and eating and fill it with whatever you need to fill it with so that you don't feel that pain. And, and that's what it's about. We have to feel. We have to give ourselves permission to go there and to know that on the other side of that pain is liberation, is freedom, is release, is catharsis is more connection, more love. But I mean, we've heard it a million times. The only way to get over it is to get through it. So mm -hmm. whatever that shame is, there is lessons, there is understanding, there is wisdom in that pain. And to really understand that and not shy away from it, because from all of my, and I'm not an addiction expert, I am not a mental therapist in any way like you are. But from my experience of living and seeing so much addiction in my life it is that sever when you sever and are disconnected and don't feel like you have a way back into connection back into community back into healing that that's when it just that addiction spiral continues and you just find more ways to disconnect and disconnect and disconnect until it feels like there's no way to come back do you have any personal stories around addiction that you would be open to sharing, whether it's about yourself or someone that you knew? Um, I mean, I, the thing with addiction, the thing with recovery is I don't love to, I don't feel comfortable sharing other people's stories because it is so personal. Yeah. I know I have my experience of witnessing and the effects of addiction in my life. Um, and I, and I also want to give voice to like, I, like, I grew up in an alcoholic and dysfunctional home. So I know that I don't have all the skills and the techniques and the tools to really mm -hmm. be able to process pain in this super healthy way. So I do it too. I find ways to self-soothe and, and 
have dependency on other things that help me move through my pain. So I'm going to give voice to, I probably in this conversation, I probably have a dependency on cannabis. Mm. And I think a lot of us do because it gives us a little of that relief, a little bit of that break, a little bit of that disconnect from feeling the incessancy of that pain. So the only thing I can speak of is I probably have a dependency on a substance right now. And it's something I am conscious of and I look at and I'm aware of and I'm mindful of. And right now it's not really having the negative impact in my life, but I'm super aware of it. So if my cannabis dependency starts to have that negative impact, starting to affect my relationships and how I show up and all these things, like then it's like, like, I am not ashamed. Again, I'm not ashamed of that because I'm willing to give voice to it and say like, I've looked at cannabis like recovery programs before. I've looked at these things. I've taken tolerance breaks. I've just through my own, because I know so much about the disease of addiction and shame and things like this, that I continue to talk about it so that I don't internalize that and then get into my own shame spiral about it. Yes. Thank you for talking about this because I I think especially with, you know, drugs like alcohol, cannabis, um, nicotine, tobacco, you know, it's so present in so many of our lives that it's like, oh, what? No, that's just like what we all do. Or, you know, it's because, and I, it drives me insane because, you know, cigarettes are so much more addictive than many drugs that are illegal and criminalized and it's like just sold like here you know like it's it's so frustrating to me um but all all of that to say that like i really appreciate you giving voice to the fact that even something that can be of service to you can also be something that we can become dependent on And that that doesn't necessarily have to mean, oh my gosh, I'm now addicted. I have to go to recovery. I have to get sober. I have to do that. Like, and maybe, maybe it does for, for some people, um, but that it doesn't have to, and that, you know, mindful use of substances can be a a real thing. Totally. And I, I actually talk about that in a lot of the events and the experiences I host is around conscious consumption and Mm. making sure of the intention behind the use. Are you using and using the substance so that you can enhance the experience and you can connect more deeply into this moment? You can feel more, you can be more present, you're more here. Or are you using the substance because you're in a space of fear, of anxiety, of wanting to disconnect and numb from the experience because you're having a fear response come up because you're nervous or because you haven't been to this type of party before. So having that consciousness around your consumption, just knowing why you're using and what the intention is behind it. That's, can you speak more to what conscious consumption means to you? Because I I know that you just kind of shared, but I think that when people hear that, if they're not familiar with using substances in that way, it can be like, wait, what? Like, you, huh? What do you mean? It just always shuts me off or always helps with nerves or always does that. Like, can you just expand on that a little bit? 
Yeah, like with anything we do in life, it's the intention behind it that matters. And so with conscious consumption, we're bringing consciousness and awareness as to the role that that substance is playing within our experience. Instead of just taking a substance because it's social, because it's everyone else is doing it, because it's what you've always done, that's the unconscious use. It's just a pattern, it's habitual, it's you're just doing it. But the consciousness brings that level of awareness and discernment around the use of the substance so that you can have, like we do in anything, risk assessment. Yeah. Like understanding, is this something that I want to engage in right now? And how do I use this substance so that it enhances my experience and helps me feel better and creates more joy, more life, more connection versus separation and severing. That, for me, everything is either moving us closer together and connecting us more, or it's severing and disconnecting and separating. So if it is doing that, then that for me is like not great place, not, not a great place where I want to be consuming. Yeah. But even if I need to go, maybe I do need to go there. Maybe it's okay to give myself permission to know that, okay, I'm going through it right now. And you know what? I do need a break from life. And I'm consciously going to smoke this joint and check out for the next two hours because that is what is going to feel best for me and my life. And just having a consciousness and awareness around that instead of just doing it because it's that pattern and that's it's just yeah. part of your life. Do you think that that consciousness helps defeat the shame that may pop up around actions, whether it's with substances or not? I think so, because shame is so much around that personal judgment. So if you're giving some love and attention as to why you're doing something in your life, then it can, you have clarity around it. So you have less judgment around why you're engaging in that behavior. So you're feeling good about the choices that you're making, even if they're not healthy choices per se. I mean, who's to say? If it's healthy for you, it feels good for you do it. I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. Like do what feels good and works for you in your path and your journey. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, (laughs) I have so many things I want to ask you. Um, okay. So, uh, you mentioned that you curate experiences and host events and things like that. And I, I was hoping that you would share a little bit about that on, on here. Yes, it is one of my greatest joys and greatest privileges is holding and creating spaces for play and exploration and adult activities. So I host events here in the city, in New York City, um, with a group called Pagan's Paradise. And we do like workshops, events, part, play parties. I do sapphic-centered events. So that's more for femme, non-binary, basically no no cisgender men are allowed in that space. So all kinds of different events and experiences that I really created because I've been hurt so many other places and then harmed so many other places and have my own trauma and sexual trauma and things that have happened. So like my number one priority is creating spaces where people can feel safe and open and comfortable to play. So it is one of my greatest joys is creating those spaces and then co-creating them so people really can 
like feel safe to relax and enjoy and connect and learn about themselves and play and explore and have spaces to ex express this part of themselves that they may not have other places to really explore. Thank you. And you got to come to one. You yes, to to I one. know. I know. I would <laughs> that love to. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which is so soon. So soon. Um, To wrap us up, if you had to leave everyone with mm, one thing to take away today, let's, let's do about shame specifically, since yes. that's so deep in your work. What do you want to leave them with? them with ah, healing happens together and in community and when we're able to repair and come back together that the only shame that we need to hold is when we let ourselves stay disconnected for too long so know that there is always a path back to community, to care, to love, to family. There's always a path back. The only thing that is keeping you from that is your own shame. So don't let your shame stand in the way of your repair because it is all an internal job. And you got this. You got this. We got you. I love you. <laughs> I love that so much. So much. Thank you for being here. And we'll put all of your contact info in the show notes um, so people can can reach out and hopefully attend some of your events and, and check out your, your beautiful work in this world. Thank you so much, Rachel. This is such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Thank you. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. <laughs>